0: Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the dropdown menu that follows. I just wanna start by taking one minute to tell you guys about Tikis. So basically, Tikis is this really cool leather sandal brand, handcrafted in Brazil. You've definitely heard us talk about them before. We are very much obsessed with this company. The backstory is that the company was founded by a husband and wife duo, Carly and Jesse Burnett. So, Carly actually came up with the idea when they were on vacation in St. Bart's, which, if you've ever been or you know anything about St. Bart's, these sandals just scream it. Super simple, classy, uh, really elegant uh, kind of sandals. So Ado and Tor actually bought tiki's for all of the women at her daughter B. Schaefer's wedding because they have monogramming, which is the perfect for bridal parties or goodie bags or, you know, baby showers, that type of stuff. It's very, it's not that frequent that you see uh, sandals with the option to monogram. I'm sure you've seen them on Beyonce, Angelina Jolie, Cindy Crawford, Steph shep They all own them. You've also seen them probably everywhere on Instagram, which is a really cool company that we are big fans of. Um, cocoa butter is their best selling shade and they launched their nudes collection, which is designed to match every skin tone. So that's tiki's T K E E S, and our listeners actually get fifteen percent off with the code C B C. So you can go to tikis dot com T K E E S dot com slash C B C to check out the pairs that they have. Again, that's tiki's T K E E S dot com slash C B C. Honestly, we could not get enough of Mason in last night's episode, and we kind of just wanted to talk about it. So we spent a decent amount of time on that, and we hope you guys enjoy. Hi, guys. I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to episode 13 of our Kardashian bonus show. So, you know, this show is kind of, it, it depends on the week and what we're feeling. So we were initially, our plan was that we were going to do half of an episode as a kind of just a review of last night's last night's episode and then we were gonna do a deeper dive into kind of Robert Kardashian and how that all played into it. We still want to do that, but unsurprisingly last night's episode had so many things we wanted to get into that I and I know so many things you guys were freaking out about that we kind of just want to talk about it, right? Yeah, I mean
1: (laughs) just say Mason's name. Like we're we're just here to talk about Mason. There's nothing else.
0: Uh, I really hope so I know some of you listen to this after you've watched the episodes that you can kind of recap it with us and some of you listen instead. I'll tell you one thing: just you have to watch this one scene when we start talking about the Mason and his solo confessional. Anything that we could say could never do it justice. Yeah, you have to. You just have to see watch it. it. So we're going to get into it all. We're going to go as we always do chronologically and just kind of talk about the things that that spoke to us. So this episode was similar to Bali in the sense that nothing major happened. There weren't any major conflicts. It was kind of just. A relatively chill episode, which as we always say, we are more than happy with. I love that. I don't like when there are conflicts. Yeah, I don't want the fights. We could like I said, we could always sit them watch them just doing very mundane basic activities and be thrilled with it. Absolutely. So anytime they're kind of doing that, we are all for it. Um so this it starts with Chloe and Scott and True in Chloe's house and just Scott being the cutest thing no, ever. Fucking Uncle Scott. He really Uncle is.
1: Scott gives Uncle Jesse a run for his goddamn money. Oh oh that should
0: have been the, the episode title of this. It's Ab- absolutely. No, he really does. He's so I've always loved Chloe and Scott's dynamic together. I think we all have. It's always oh my been God, kind of yeah. it's like our guilty pleasure to watch. Honestly, them. talk about soulmates. Talk about soulmates. A couple episodes ago we were talking about when, you know, Scott wanted to confront Courtney about coming on the trip and he went to Kim and we were kind of speculating like do you think that at that moment maybe he's closer with Kim than Chloe? And when I watched them together, I, I'm like, no, this is it. It was just a matter of Kim being like the logical person. Yeah, like that's all. He just knows them so well. He knows what all their strengths are. Totally. And Chloe's one. They've always just had such a, so much fun together. They have such a like healthy relationship. They have like a genuine brother sister relationship. No, genuinely. Uh, so they were just there with True, and it was so cute. It's always just so cute to see Scott interact with any babies, and you can see how happy how happy Chloe is. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. What, you thought I was going to disagree? No, no, no. Okay, so the next scene was, personally to me, hands down, the best of the entire episode. Best of the fucking entire series. I'm not kidding. I. Oh, man, I can't. Can you just go? Because I can't talk about it. I know, I know. Okay, so basically, Courtney goes to lunch with her kids. So it's her, P, Mason, and Rain. And they get there, and Penelope goes to sit next to Mason. And Mason very kindly and calmly just says, Penelope, can, can I sit next to my brother? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Rainy, come here, come here. Like he wants to sit next to Rain. So Rain sits down, and and <laughs> who is this Mason? I'm here
1: so. Much personality. They sit down. He's like giving Mason bread.
0: He, he sits down. And he goes, Yeah, I think I'm going to get the steak, ribeye, six ounce, and the flaming cheese for the table. <laughs> like, like he's a full blown adult. So he's sitting. He's telling Rain. He's like, Rain, you got to get your manners. Telling him to put his, the, the napkin on his lap. He's like, Come on, Rain, you get with it. Taking it so seriously. So he, he was like, and then he's like upset about what Rain ate. He like he's like, this kid. He goes, This kid is crazy. All he ate is bread and french fries. I'm having the big deal. He's like, he's like, is we it? we have to live late. Mom, let's do a cheers to that. Who was it? Who was he? No, 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 no. Julie and I, I'm not kidding. We paused and rewinded that minimally six times. How could we not? It was genuinely the cutest
1: thing. I've never like, first of all, we've always loved Mason. Like we've always spoken about him, but like this was Mason with like a personality that I've never seen. It was so adorable he was
0: when he said that he's yeah we're gonna get the flaming cheese for the table i was like you were raised by scott disick now weren't no, he's you a,
1: he's a mini scott
0: everything about that situation was literal mini scott i know the way he the way he interacts with with this, his siblings he has such this like fun cool vibe he's he's gonna be the dopest older brother no he already is he really already is i mean we saw a lot of his evolution this episode which we'll get into as the scenes go on but this particular one we got so many inboxes like mason with the six ounce ribeye i'm like
1: I know. It's going to be so interesting to see the dynamic between Penelope and Mason when they're a lot older. And like like Penelope wanted to hang out with Mason's friends. Like probably Mason wanted to hang out with Penelope's friends. Like it's going to be so interesting. I know,
0: especially because how many years apart are they? He's eight. And Penelope's five? Yeah. Or six. She's six. So think about it. When she, when he's like a senior in high school and she's like a freshman, sophomore, that's when it's going to get tricky. Oh, no, Yeah. And it's gonna be interesting whether or not like they're gonna
1: to want to morph their friend groups because, all of them morph their friend groups. Like if they like the Kendall and Kylie, they all have more friends group. Like Courtney's always hanging out with Chloe's. I mean, with Kendall's friends. So it's gonna be really interesting if Mason wants to like combine their friend groups or if Mason's gonna be that like really protective older brother that doesn't want her anywhere near his friends
0: can I give you a scenario yeah of course so imagine so Penelope's let's say a sophomore I don't know if she'd be a sophomore or freshman he's a senior and she starts dating like one of his best friends and the, the friend is, you know, going off to college and they have to decide whether or not they want to stay together. And Mason's, like, having to talk to his friend about it and then also talk to Pete, like, saying, listen, I don't want him to hurt you. He's going away. You know what I mean? Like, he's yes, in that position. Yes, It's That's crazy. It's such a real-life thing that happens.
1: Of course it is. Every every younger girl wants to go for the older brother's friend. I know. It's like, that's, like, the ultimate.
0: Oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm, I, And at that time, Rain's going to be – Getting to the age of, I mean, he's gonna be younger, obviously, but not so far behind. I can't, oh they're gonna go visit Mason when he's in college and like play
1: And beer Mason's pong and, gonna
0: take Rain out and oh Rain's gonna kill it. And Rain's gonna be like the hot younger brother. Yeah. Oh my God. With like God. the long hair. No, 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 no. If there's not a whole like show just about them, if they want it, obviously, I, I'd be, I'd be distraught. I would be distraught if they didn't. It. I mean, Kylie wanted it. Think about it like that. It's the same. It's exactly the exact Kylie wanted it for 10 minutes and then was like, oh, never mind. I, let me tell you something. I would take one season of like Mason Takes USC. Oh, oh my God. Can I, mm. wait? Everybody who's listening, can we just take a moment to imagine that? Like the, the Kardashians' butt set in the kids' college scene. So they go from like North at Parsons to. Could you imagine? Did we just decide whether they're all going to college? You know what? That, that's a very fun game to play now right now, but that's a very fun game to play. North will
1: only go to FIT. She's not going anywhere else. Yeah,
0: no, totally. And Mason's so much more of like Mason's a big-time Mason's going to USC school. or
1: UCLA, but he's going to stay close to
0: home. Yeah, I think he's going to stay in California, totally. Penelope's going to go to like a Pepperdine. I see Penelope at Pepperdine beyond. Rain is going to—I
1: feel like Rain's going to want to be a little independent and go somewhere like— A little more artsy? And no, I was thinking like a Michigan or like an— like. Um, Maybe a Vanderbilt, but I could also see. There's a part of me that
0: could see him at NYU. Yeah, I think he would fit in really like a well Sprouse, there. like a Sprouse vibe um, almost. Yeah. This know, is so <laughs> weird. No, this is the weirdest thing we've ever done. I hope other people are going along with Wait, this Why we're do you doing think it. this is
1: weird? We we're just deciding their future. I know that he's just like four.
0: You know. <laughs> anyway, that's a very fun game to play, and one that I could go on for a lot longer about. Yeah. Can we do that like later today and then come up with a very formal list that will read to everyone and hear oh their opinions? Oh, my God, are you kidding? I could do this for literally every single celebrity baby ever. Okay, yes. Oh, my God, imagine they're with Sad. I'm, g- I'm going to get ahead of myself. Okay, sod's not allowed to go to school. And there's no <laughs> way DJ Kyle's letting him go anywhere farther than 10 minutes away from home. I know, it's home. so true. Uh, okay, so moving on to the next scene, which is, as you know, there's this ongoing joke that Scott—it's really not a joke, but Scott thinks that Chloe is kind of a very talented artist, and he's been trying to kind of— grow her artistic skill. Coming from the Art Vandalay prank. Yes. I have to say that these are the types of, I call them filler scenes of Kardashians where it's not saying we don't enjoy it. I i could enjoy watching them do anything, but we don't need this storyline. It's kind of something that I wish we could innovate to them. We don't have to make up this whole storyline about how Scott's, you know, taking Chloe's artwork to get appraised. Yeah, it's funny and it's, it's fun, but I would so much rather see them do something that's actually happening. So I'll explain to you what I think about that
1: kind of hit me we were watching this morning. We were watching the old episodes. We are watching the episode this morning from like season three where we sound psychotic. I know. Like it just happened to be on. It really wasn't our yeah, fault. Yeah, no, it just happened to be on. Um, where the girls buy Chris a monkey. And I think in the beginning episodes, they always had this little like gimmick or little prank to like make the episode funny. And I think they think that they still need that. So it kind of carries on. Like every single episode has one like one little gimmick or prank. In it. And I think they just
0: keep that going. And yeah, it's like, usually they don't need it. Right. They don't, it, it was fine. I mean, basically the whole thing is that, Chloe, so Chloe goes in her garage and Scott had bought her this easel and she's like, should I be a sexy artist? And she just like takes her shirt off and her bra off. And she's just painting in this easel. And the one thing when that happened, we looked at each other and we were like, this is the epitome of no boundaries. And I mean that positively. It's like, Chloe and Scott are so close. It just, nothing matters. Yeah. And it's—the other thing
1: with the Kardashians, I feel like, is is they've posted so many nudes on Instagram that when they're, like,
0: naked drawing in an easel, it's like, what's the difference? The only time in all of Kardashian history that I can imagine a nude thing being uh, anything, anything that even made us think twice, like, boy-girl-wise, was when they were in Thailand, I think, yep. and Brody saw— Kim Accidentally walked in on Kim doing her naked photo shoot and he like got half, like he kind of got hard. Yeah, he, he, yeah, that was like the whole joke. Like Brody has a half chub the whole time. They're like, Are you hard? He's like, Half chub, half chub. How could, first of all, they're not blood. Second of all, how could you? Oh my God. First of all,
1: Kim and don't even, Kim and Brody have so much sexual tension, it's not even funny. I know, it's so true. if they weren't step siblings at some point, or maybe they still consider themselves step
0: siblings, they would have they would have banged. When we had the foster sisters on, one of the questions that we got asked, like for people who sent us to ask them, was, "Did you guys ever have a threesome with Brody Jenner?" And as you know, that he is one of their step siblings, and they were like, "What?" Like listen listen to the episode. They're like, "That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard." He's literally our brother. Which is so true, but I think people just forget. You know what I mean? Because there isn't that blood tie there. People totally forget, don't you think? Yeah, or they're just like sick in the head. Or they're sick in the head. I mean, that's oh, that was always a thing with Kim and Brody. People always wanted to talk about the fact, like, are they, are they fooling they around? They had full sexual tension. It would have been like—
1: But how could you blame them? <laughs> it, was like, it was like my life with Derek when the two older siblings were step siblings and you knew that they were fucking even though it was a Disney Channel show. Yes. They a, had hardcore sexual tension. What a
0: call. Thank you. That theme song is gonna be in my head forever now. Live in love with Derek. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> they're in the garage and they want to show Chris the artwork that Chloe's painting. So Scott FaceTimes Chris and Jennifer Lauren answers. (laughs) And Scott's like, not that you're not very famous and beautiful, but can I talk to Chris, please? (laughs) He was like a little kid, like, do you think you could pass the phone to my mom? (laughs) (laughs) And me and Julie were sitting there like, this is peak Kardashian. Chloe painting topless with Scott FaceTiming Chris and like not even being at all impressed that Jennifer Lawrence is answering the phone.
1: Jennifer Lawrence loving the Kardashians as much as she does is I genuinely think like the most culturally significant thing ever. Yeah. I do. I when, she, when Kim was on Fallon or Kimmel, whichever it was that Jennifer Lawrence took over as the host, that was Kim's best interview by a long shot. She was so natural. Jennifer could not, like, be more obsessed with the fact that she was sitting with her, asking her every question. She walks right out, and she's like, so— what do you think about OJ Simpson? Like, and and Kim was so open with her. It's just the funniest thing. She's such a fan, like, literally obsessed with that. Well,
0: she would be an amazing person to do our inconsequ- inconsequential question interview. She cares about that stuff. Like, yeah, she gets answers. I is, know, but J- Jennifer Lawrence is just as curious about, like, the salads. Jennifer Lawrence, you know what I'm saying? She's curious about every single detail. I bet you she has asked him, okay, you got to tell me about your shower. Like, do of you, course you she know, has. do you she's remove obsessed. the toiletries every time? Right. That's how they became
1: friends, that Jennifer Lawrence was so open openly obsessed with them and then they like right before that interview with Kim and Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer Lawrence had gone to Chris's house for the first time for dinner and it was like her meeting them she was like it was the greatest day of my whole life even when even when they were facetiming with her and she answered the phone and They were like, okay, we're going to
0: go. She's like, you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing so amazing, sweetie. She's like, I just want to let you guys know, we would not be having this much fun if you were here. Like, I think she loves when she gets time with Chris alone. I think she thinks Chris is her mom. I think she wants her to be. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally. Wouldn't you? Like, I imagine they're on the floor in Chris's closet just, like, talking about life.
1: Yeah, I, like, fantasize about Chris being, like, okay, good night, sweetie. Like, she's just my mom. I know. No, I
0: know. I just go to bed in Chris's house, and I wake up and earn her 10%. It's, it's kind of, like, on a much different level, Chrissy Teigen being so, like, obsessed with the Bravo cast. You know what? I actually think those are very comparable. Yeah.
1: It's, like, you wouldn't expect it, and it's, like, a, not off-brand. It's just—I think there's something about people who are really famous— being obsessed with people who are on like a different level of fame. The Kardashians and Jennifer Lawrence are obviously on the same level of fame, but I think when Kardashians first started, it was the same thing as watching like a um Yeah, and like
0: reality yeah, show. Yeah, a
1: reality show like Chrissy does.
0: Well and also Jennifer and, and I don't mean this negatively, but Jennifer is in a different category. I mean Jennifer is oh my God, an, yeah. a, a an Oscar winning actress. Yeah, no, it's it's very different. But I yeah, I think that any time that
1: a celebrity is obsessed with the same celebrity or reality TV show stars that we are. It's very
0: funny. No, totally. Also, I just want to point out, since we love talking about any sort of glimpse of Scott and Courtney's sexual tension or energy. So when Chloe was painting uh, Courtney, uh, she was like, did you ever know that you have a very diamond-like chin? And Scott's like, she's gorgeous. We also got a lot of inboxes about that. It's such, it's so minor. One little line, and I was like, say it
1: again. Tell I'm her. glad you brought this up because there was something I really wanted to clarify about this whole thing because I felt like people were saying that I didn't think they ever got a chance to get back together. Oh, yes. Please state your case. M- my point is, I just didn't <laughs> want you to get
0: hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, we, after last episode, when we were talking about how, or I was talking about how badly I want Scott and Courtney to be together. And I posted, we got this email from this person basically saying, Emma, stop fantasizing. Get out of this world. They're never going to be together. I posted the email, and I was like, let me fantasize in peace. We got, and you know this is true, so many responses and not one of them said this girl's right. Every other person was like, Emma, I agree with you. I'm holding out hope, right? You are correct. Um
1: uh. See, that's why I wanted to clarify is because we got so many responses to that. And I, I don't want to be the person that says they're never getting back together because I think there's a possibility. I'm not saying never.
0: I just don't think that we should all be getting our hopes up. Right. My hopes aren't up. My hopes are— Let's keep I, our hopes at bay. My hopes are high, but my expectations are low. And that's the way that I'm going to—that's the way that I personally am going to choose to handle this. The way I feel about their
1: relationship is that I think everyone should take a refresher course on what it was like when they were actually together and, like, a little bit of their mo- th- those more difficult times and then reevaluate the situation. What, because everyone's
0: just looking at them getting along now. No, you're spot on. I just wonder if their each of their individual growths is strong enough to be able to, when they would unite, not have those same problems. Like, would it be too— totally new people entering a relationship or would this old problems arise that is what that's really the million dollar question
1: i think they owe it to themselves to give it a shot at some point just to see what would happen because
0: it's, it's such an unknown at this point whether whether or not they'd make it work so let me ask you a question because I don't, I don't know the answer to that do you think that there's any downside to doing that do you think the results could be worse than going in
1: Definitely. There's, I mean, there's so there's. First of all, there's the confusion of the kids. They would never be able to tell the kids unless they were serious about it. Um, I I mean, imagine how confusing that would be. Their whole lives, their parents are like up in the air. They finally get a little bit of stability. They're at such a crucial age, and their parents get back together just to see what would happen. It would, it would be too much. They couldn't tell the kids. The other side of that is, if you get back together and break up the second time around, like it's hard to come back from that. So who knows if
0: they'd even be able to co-parent correctly or if that breakup would just be too hard. I completely agree with you. My thing would be I wouldn't want them to not even – if there wasn't even 1% of wanting to try, I wouldn't want them to not do it out of fear of what could happen. Like I think that if you have a desire, you can't play it safe your whole life. Um, But I agree with you about the kid part. They They wouldn't be able to tell the kids, which it would be so easy not to. They're always yeah, together. Yeah, they're always anyway. together. They just wouldn't do any PDA in front of the kids, which they don't do now anyway.
1: And even if they did, I feel like the kids would not like not like kissing, but if they were like like sitting on the couch arm in arm, the kids wouldn't think anything of it. No. Um What was I just gonna say to the point that you made? Is there no downside? I, I think when you're co parenting that the downside has to be taken into account. If they didn't have kids and it was just like, let's give it another shot, then yeah, sure. You're not You're not affecting anything, but the whole family's affected here. Like, Scott's relationships with all the other siblings could be affected. The relationships they have with each other in terms of co-parenting could be be affected. Scott's relationship with Chris. Like, there's a lot of unknowns here that I think it— I think they owe it to each other to give it a shot because it's such an unknown of, like, you will literally never know. Like, they could be amazing together again. But it's like,
0: maybe the downside is too much if it doesn't work out. I don't want to live in a world where the downside's too much. I really don't. I I really feel strongly about this. I didn't realize how strongly I felt until I see little glimpses. I'm not one to typically get dramatic over such small things. But when I hear Scott just say, she's gorgeous, and I realize how much it lights up everything within my body, I realize that I have a real issue here.
1: Uh, Yeah, you do have a real issue. I know. Something that I think Courtney should be really thankful about, or Sophia honestly should be really thankful about, is that Scott and Courtney's fans aren't, like, like
0: teenagers you you made that was such a good point Julie okay a couple of days ago we were talking about that and she said she was like Sophia is so lucky that they don't have these like psycho 13 year old fans not saying that they don't but think about how much different it's been for Justin and Haley there are
1: very few comments on Sophia's pictures that are like he belongs with Courtney how dare you like it's very minimal because I think that their fan base is a little older. And while they feel that way, they know they're not just going to attack Sophia and they have no place. I'm not saying they're none of those. There was like a Sophia clapback that we saw where she responded to one, but it's very minimal. On, on Haley's pictures, it's every single one. Because people, like, I don't know, these fans feel the sense of entitlement of who they believe people should be with and they get very aggressive about it. And Courtney and Scott. Maybe getting back together down the road is one of those things that people a hundred percent feel so strongly about. And if the fans were a little bit crazier, I, I don't think Sophia and Scott would be able to last.
0: I think you're totally right. It would, or even not that they wouldn't be able to last, but it would be very difficult. Just like how Haley, you know, Haley Bieber is so vocal about how it's
1: been so hard for her. But the difference between Haley and Justin is that Selena isn't in the picture constantly or ever. With Imagine how Sophia would feel if it was Sophia, Scott, Courtney. She already knows these things about their relationship. She already knows that people want them together and that there's definitely tension there. Then to add an extra layer of thirteen-year-old girls across like the world being like, "You, do, you belong together. Like, how dare you? How dare you be with him? You're ruining a family. You're ruining a family." Not that I think that's the case. I'm just saying what like people could say. say yeah. I, I don't know if they'd be able to handle that. I don't know if she'd be able to handle that. No, I
0: think you're totally right. I want to just specify, not that I think anybody misunderstands this, but like just to be really clear about it. I want them to do whatever they want to do, obviously. It's just, it is a dream of mine in some world that they can make it work, I think it would be a beautiful thing. But that's all. Obviously, whatever works for them. So we're just going to take one minute to tell you guys about Best Egg. So how many of us have looked at our finances and screamed, how can we make this much money and still have so much debt? It's very common, and I think it happens to a lot of us. It kind of just creeps us on us, right? So there's unexpected repairs. Either you have to replace the washer and dryer, you have medical bills, you know, insane interest credit cards that you have to use to pay for just a lot of things that could come up. So we want to tell you about a really smart move that could help you get on top of your finances. You can get a fixed rate personal loan at bestegg.com. The rates are great right now. So just imagine this. I know it kind of seems like a foreign thought, but finally being able to pay down those crazy high credit cards and bills and then bank the money you save each month. So consumers have rated Best Egg 4.8 out of 5 stars on Consumer Affairs because of the super easy online loan app that takes about a minute with no impact to your credit score. Again, that's very rare. There's like zero impact to your credit score. So upon approval funds can be deposited in as little as 1 business day. You get your bills under control, bank what you save and take control of your finances with a loan from bestegg.com. So visit bestegg.com/cbc. Again that's bestegg.com/cbc. One more time bestegg.com/cbc. Check it out, let us know what you think. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so the next scene is they Kim's, you know, Really, this whole—now that we know that she's going to do this, this, this law degree thing, it really has kind of weaved its way into every episode. So the next scene, she's reviewing her prison letters, and Chris kind of asks her, what is the selection process like? And Kim was saying, you know, she has to find which ones speak to her, which ones think she could be at all helpful in helping to, the person to get out. And then she kind of sends it to her lawyers for almost like an analysis of feasibility to see how, how possible it is for any of this to even happen. And she said, she said, if I see something that ha- I think has a good shot and it moves me, I'll send it to my lawyer so they can evaluate. And in her interview, she was saying that, you know, she's always been interested in law. And she said to her father a while ago that she was interested in criminal justice and he told her, you know, don't get involved. It's it's going to stress you out too much. And, you know, now she's realizing, yes, it is it is stressful and it's very, it's definitely a lot of work, but it's so worth it for her it was just feels so worth it i think especially after having two really giant victories right yeah
1: i think she's had more than two but two that we definitely know about two right two that we definitely know about yeah i think there was another um i mean the the biggest victory in all of this is is the support of the first step act that's what it's called right that was, we're going to see in next week's episode so it's kind of like not that everybody who's Getting out under that is is now Kim's responsibility or something that Kim does, but that's kind of the biggest victory for her is is being a part of pushing that that forward.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you know the I I love the the law scenes because I think that it's I honestly couldn't even have visualized what it would look like, what her studying would look like, what her going through this process. I know, you, you know, it's what weird. It, what seeing her in a backpack? Yeah, it's it's weird. But that was such a. That that was such a PR move.
1: I know, but it's still it's still weird. Her in just like a forest green backpack.
0: I know, easy cutting obviously. across
1: the quad and going to class. <laughs> I
0: know. You- oh, what is she going to join a sorority? Like, I don't get it. Don't you kind of feel like Kim's going to college?
1: I I wish they would do like a movie. I I like they can't because it's too serious of a thing. Which is so funny that like her going back to school and getting a law degree is like a hundred percent serious and like yeah. for the good of humanity. It's just wild to me. Like
0: I started a backpack,
1: and I was like, why is that the most unnatural thing I've ever seen in my life?
0: But also because realistically, she's not using a backpack. If anything, she's like a Goyard tote, you know? Yeah, but I don't know. Books but, are heavy. It's not so good for your back to carry them on a tote. That's true. You think she really uses a backpack, not just for the picture? Have you ever held a law book? Obviously not. Julie, wait, wait. We're watching the episode last night, and Julie, we see the vlog. She's like, you know, I think we used to roll joints on those in college. (laughs) Because somebody was, somebody was, um, like practicing for the LSAT. Yeah, of course. And had it. Naturally, it's an amazing joint rolling tray. Um, it's just sturdy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so then Scott goes back to the art appraiser to bring uh, Chloe's paintings, which he, of course, tells him that they're not worth anything. Again, these are the kind of scenes where I could watch Scott do anything, so it's fine, but it's like, come on, get on with it, Right. Yeah, it was just I don't know, it dragged on a little. He was being funny though. He takes it so seriously. Everything he does, he takes it so seriously. Okay, so then Kim goes to lunch with Allison, which as you guys know, Allison is Kim's best 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 childhood friend in in that in those videos of them from Sunday Service at Coachella where there was a guy Schmurf sh- that nobody was sure who he was. That was Allison's dad. Just as a f- so I don't know if I've said that before, but everybody was really curious about that. Um, so they're at lunch and you know, it's interesting because, first of all, do you remember in the beginning seasons, Kim would talk about the fact that Allison did not want any of that fame, like would would refuse to even go on camera?
1: Yeah. I wonder why. I guess it's probably that she switched gears and is willing to be on camera now only because the capacity that she's on camera is, is talking to Kim about the law stuff and maybe it's just a little different. It's so
0: different. So Kim is telling Allison for the first time about the fact that, you know, she found this way to be able to get her Logic without actually having to go through all the steps. And she's explaining it to her. And Allison and Kim both went to college and both dropped out. So Allison's sitting there and she's like, wow, look at us college dropouts. I'm so proud of you. And Kim explains that you need in the state of California to be able to do this alternate route, you need 75 credits or you need 60 credits. And she has 75. And we just looked up a couple minutes ago where she went to college. Pierce College. Go Bulls. (laughs) Had no idea. I
1: honestly would have said USC. No, I I mean it was also community college not that there's anything wrong with that but it, i had no idea that that was where she went she they never talk about it no i I guess the narrative of dropping out of community college is probably not one that she wants to continue with. Although until now, now I'm sure she wants to
0: run with it and be like, and
1: look what you can do. You don't, you know what I mean? Oh my god, yeah, it's an amazing. Now it's an amazing. Thing. Now it's an amazing. Back story. then, it was probably like, okay, we can just leave it out
0: because who cares? It's not important. Well, back then, it also probably, especially at the time before they really had, before they really made their mark. I mean, and still they're they're constantly scrutinized for people calling them quote stupid, which we obviously know is not the case, but whatever. You know, I think they would have done anything to conceal any details that could have potentially come across as making them seem even less intelligent than people perceive them to be. Which, you know what I mean? People would have had a field day with that. Right. Which, if you Google it, it's hard to find. It's not the first thing that comes up.
1: No, way. I just Googled for 10 minutes and had to find it. Yeah.
0: Um, What was I
1: going to say about Kim going to college? I wonder what that conversation was like where she presented to her mom. I believe her dad was still alive at the time. And Bruce Caitlin now, obviously, that she was going to drop out of college and organize Paris Hilton's closet. I don't like, know. How do you think that conversation went? I have no there idea. There are so many things before filming that I would
0: have loved to get an insight to. Anytime I see Kim and Paris together now, which as you know, they just did the whole, my best friend's ass thing together. Yes. I am just like, I need you guys to sit in a room for 20 minutes and just talk about all of your memories together and let's get it on film. That would, I would watch that could you imagine i would do anything for that but the thing is their dynamic
1: is so different now because paris obviously was kim's boss back then and their friendship was one out of kim like trying to climb for clout and paris Ad- admittedly. being paris yeah admittedly she, i mean she wouldn't have she wouldn't have gotten where she was possibly without that um so it's just interesting now because now they're actually friends no one's up on anyone else, it's just Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. It's the friendship that always made sense, but couldn't be because Kim wasn't Kim at the time. Yeah, exactly. Now that Kim is
0: Kim, they have the the playing fields are completely level, and I think one some would argue and probably be correct in their assumption that Kim is actually far more successful financially. I would imagine, By Although far. Paris Hilton makes a shit ton of money that nobody knows about because of her, she has a lot of deals. Brand she has deals, deals, a lot of brand a lot of deals, lines. but also she has a massive international following. I remember I watched a sixty Minutes or something on her. Her her fragrances bring in so much money like you and I would never she's buy- pretending
1: it was 60 minutes it was the American meme movie but we'll let her keep talking
0: <laughs> yeah why'd you have to oh my cover like that I want people to think it was Leslie Stahl
1: <laughs> you know it's such a toss-up between me wanting to let you sound like you watch 60 minutes consistently and me wanting to make the joke of knowing that it was American <laughs> meme
0: because we watched it together it's, it's a really hard balance for me personally no it's okay and I I, I respect you wanting to do that um also in that scene, Kim was saying how she would go through all of the OJ stuff at her house and that Courtney would always yell at her and tell her to leave it alone, and she couldn't. She was so obsessed with it, which was, she's spoken about before, kind of going through Robert Kardashian's files and the evidence room and how that was so fascinating to her. But she said at the end of the scene, she said, my goal would be that in 10 years I could stop being Kim K and be a lawyer full-time. And we both looked at each other and gasped because— Crazy. You know, you know something Julie and I were saying, which I wonder if you guys have thought this also? It's kind of like— totally admire this. I think it's amazing. I think what she's doing is incredible. I could say all of that stuff, but the commitment is massive. And an 18-hour commitment for per week for four years is really a giant undertaking, especially you know, considering the fact she's a new kid on the way and, and her family and her business and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that she's done this so publicly and really made it into such a thing. She can't turn back now because turning back now would give the haters exactly what they want. That adds so much pressure. The fact that she came out with it, now it's like she can never quit. Yeah. It's kind of like me taking the GRE before we decided to just do this. Yeah. But not. But it's different. It's not like everybody knew that there was this giant thing riding on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was nothing riding there was on nothing, it. Right. Like this is a totally different... It's, so it's nothing like you taking the GRE
1: is what you're saying. Well, I guess it's... I guess it was... It was like, well, yes and no. Because what I mean was I was like studying publicly in front of people. And I was like the GRE and they're like, why are you taking that? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to grad school. Yeah. And then I had to take it because
0: everyone knew I was studying for it. So that's what I mean. I'm basically Kim Kardashian. Right. Okay. There's no differences. Yes. I just want to take one minute to tell you guys about Third Love. You've heard us talk about them before. We are obsessed with this brand. So basically what Third Love does is they use data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Okay, they have more sizes than most other brands. So there's over 70 sizes, including their signature half cup size, which is such a game changer. Um, and then also, you know, it's the convenience. So you skip the trip. You can find your fit with their online Fit Finder. You can order, try it on at home. There's no more awkward fitting room experiences or someone chasing you around with a measuring tape. I mean, like, <laughs> we we could not speak more highly of this company. I could not love a bra more. I know. So let me tell you about the Fit Finder quiz. Okay, you answer a few simple questions to find out your perfect fit in 60 seconds. So there's over 12 million women that have taken this quiz. It's fun. It's like, who doesn't want to just talk about their boobs, you know? I... <laughs> I can do it all day. You are correct. (laughs) Um, You know, and so because breast shape matters when finding a good fit, obviously, you are symmetrical, asymmetrical, whatever it is. And Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. The other thing about this is that genuinely, it is the most comfortable bra you'll own. They have straps that don't slip, and the labels are totally tagless, so there's no itching. Uh, There's lightweight, super thin memory foam cups to mold to your shape, and they're proprietary to Third Love. Also, their newest member of their line is their incredibly soft, smooth, and breathable Con bras. So, Julie and I tried these, and I no joke, she sent me a Snapchat a couple of nights ago and was like, "Fell asleep with my third love bra. And if that's not an ad, I don't know what is." Didn't even realize till the morning. Yeah, I didn't. That, he, oh my god, have you ever fallen asleep in a bra and not realized? No, 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 no. First of all, I you guys know this. I do not wear bras ever. I'm like the biggest free the nipple advocate. And I when I have to wear one, this is the bra that I use. Honestly. So if you want to try it, um, you know, third love knows there's a bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Just go to thirdlove.com/slash celebs to find your perfect fitting bra. And you get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at Thrivecosmetics.com/slash C B C. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash C B C for 10% off your first order. Okay, now back to the show. So moving on to the next scene, which was Chloe and Courtney talking about Halloween. And basically Courtney was offered two GQ covers. I wanna say it was Mexico and Latin America. And she didn't want to do it because the party for the launch was going to be on Halloween. And she's like, you know, Mason's eight. He's getting older. I have very few Halloweens that he's going to want to spend with me. And I want to be able to spend that time with him. And Chloe's kind of like, listen, do what you want. You're you're obviously, this this is your child. You can do whatever you think. We're sitting there like... I did not want to go to the GQ party. <laughs> I was saying, like, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take him Julie, write to know.
1: Well, they're saying. Well, first of all, they're saying Chloe's like, well, where do you take them trick or treating? Do you stay in Hidden Hills or do you go out? And they're like, no, we stay in Hidden Hills. I was like. We're renting a house for one night for Halloween. They'll just come trick-or-treating to us. Could you imagine? We're getting the full-size bars. I would never have Mason show up to the house and give him like a bite-sized Snickers. Or like a a snack Kit Kat. He's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, I love Calabasas for this shit. We probably have to
0: give him um, like Godiva,
1: like, like truffle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or honestly, I don't care who you are. Who doesn't love a Twix? Me. You don't like Twix? I think they're fine. We've been running this company together. Well, you don't (laughs) only like chocolate. No, I know. But as far as chocolate goes, I mean, to me, there's no comparison. I think Twix is superior to uh, like a Kit Kat or a Snickers. I so disagree. Oh, I so agree. Can you guys weigh in? Wait, Twix is like, a. it's like fine. I think it's delicious, but we'll get into that. Um, Anyway, so, you know, they they end up going through this whole discussion. I just think that the thing about this episode, and I think a lot of episodes that we just have a a general takeaway from is... I can't remember the last episode that I didn't turn to you and say, "Courtney is such a good mom. She's a am- she really is amazing." And not they all are. I really think that they all are very, very devoted and and uh, giving parents. I think they are all exceptional parents. But the difference with Courtney is that, and you you said this before, is kind of like she's not afraid to make it very public that being a mother is her first priority and that she's very much okay if her work suffers as a result of that. And I'm not saying it's not a priority for the rest of them, but the rest of them really work very hard to make sure that their business is on the same level. Like we can do it all. You know what I mean? We can be businesswomen and mothers and all that stuff. And Not that Courtney can't, but she's okay with kind of making her maternal roles as as her biggest thing. And at at times, her only thing, maybe.
1: The thing I'll say about Courtney also is I I find the kids to be incredibly well-rounded. The other ones are kind of too young. You know, obviously, True's too young to see, and Kim's kids are a little bit too young to see right now. But I find that her kids are just incredibly
0: well-rounded and have a good head on their shoulders. And we see a lot of this in this episode, you know, a lot about a lot about Courtney's kids. So the next scene is Chloe, Courtney, and the kids. They're sitting in Mason's room, and Mason's playing the drums. They're kind of all playing, and Courtney is is telling Chloe about how... She had shown Mason a picture of there was this little boy who at the Watts Center who didn't have any uh, any other toys and they got him this little bike and he was playing on the bike and it was the only toy he had and Cl- Courtney had showed Mason a picture of him on the bike and you know Courtney saying to Chloe that Mason couldn't sleep because he was so upset that this boy only had that the bike as his toy so they kind of decided they're sitting in the room and they're going through all of their toys because they had so many extra and they wanted to bring it to the kids and first of all this was such a sweet scene I felt like. Because it really shows the level of seriousness that they take in explaining to the kids how they want it to be very clear to them that they're very fortunate and that this isn't the norm. You know what I mean? They said like, you guys have so much excess. They don't want them to think that this this excess is what everybody else grows up with. They're fine with them having it as long as they know it,
1: right? Yeah, definitely. And I think as long as they know that when they're not using something anymore that it can be donated and they don't need to just keep it in their house just for the sake of having it. And that, or they don't need to throw it out because it, it, there's somebody else that doesn't have that, and never
0: had it, and there's use for it. Totally. So they, you know, this sets up the scene for them to go to the Watts Center. And the Watt Center uh, is kind of a community safe haven that's in located in the Watts neighborhood of Los Angeles. And backstory to this is that Justin Mayo, who is the youth activist and philanthropist, has like publicly said that he's very grateful to the Kardashian-Jenner family because they essentially saved it. Um, they, it was going to shut its doors, and they kind of came in and funded it to be able to reopen. So hes they've always had an involvement with it. It's not like they randomly just chose a place and decided to, to donate there. But anyway— so they go, it's uh, Courtney, Corey, and the kids. And as you know, Courtney and Corey have a very, very close relationship. For a while, it was actually a storyline in a previous season about how like, are you guys too close? Yeah. Like, it was a funny thing almost. Um, and they go, and I'm telling you guys, no, there was no scene like this. Mason at... I can't can't get into it. Mason was so happy to give these kids
1: toys. He was ecstatic and he was so excited to hang out with them too. That's the thing about Mason is I feel like he just makes friends with everyone. He's just like this social kid that's Scott's son through and through he comes in he's playing basketball with everybody he's going
0: around he's like, he's like here are the toys make sure you share them with everybody and have fun with them like yeah. oh my th- god the director's like do you guys have any you know do you have any words that you want to say to the kids with the toys and Mason's like, like he just comes out he knew exactly what to say he's like have fun make sure you share he was so excited like he was genuinely so happy to be there it wasn't like you see a lot of these scenes they're kind of just dragging the kids and they're like oh another charity shit not at all they were genuinely no, happy to be there and-
1: and it's kind of special even more because it wasn't like Courtney said to him, okay, we're gonna do this, and he was excited. Like, he wanted to go there. After Courtney had showed him the picture, it was him that was like, okay, let's donate toys and let's go there and bring them. Totally. And we then
0: get blessed with the gift of our first ever Mason Solo confessional. I can't believe it. I cannot <laughs> no, believe no, 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 no. it. You guys, when he popped up on the screen, you don't understand. Julie and I grabbed each other. We, we were like, what? I thought it was going to pop out like it was going to
1: be 3D. I, I have never
0: been so excited in my entire I life.
1: I am so— Something that, like, irks me about the Kardashian episodes is that I feel they release everything good about the episode before it comes out. So all of the previews of the episode are, like, the meat of the episode. I am so, so thankful that they didn't release Mason having a confessional before the episode. Like, that was a surprise. A genuine, caught me off guard, best surprise ever.
0: Ever. Ever. Literally ever. That was kind of like, I don't think they, they teased the part where Ki- when uh, Kim said that she was on ecstasy when she did her sex tape. Exactly. It's like a you're bomb. You're so right. Yeah, you're not used to getting those bombs because you're used to seeing everything in the preview. You're so right. Yeah, you either see it in the preview or you
1: know it's going to happen eventually because— They've been talking about it so much. And they did hint at Mason getting a confessional. I just did not think it was gonna be. No, this I didn't episode. think it was gonna be like
0: this. So he's there, he's like, The thing I loved most about the Watts Center is it made me feel really good giving all those toys to the kids and we're just like, say it again, say it again, say it again. We we rewatched it maybe seven times. And the funniest thing was that everybody, I guess, was watching and some people were like a couple of minutes behind. Maybe they started, they recorded. So over the course of like 10 minutes, we were just getting frantic emails and DMs from people being like, guys, are you looking at Mason in the confessions?" We're like, yes! <laughs> I, ca- I still can't believe it. Everyone was so
1: excited. Of course, of course they were. I
0: know. Okay, so then after, they go to lunch and it's Courtney, you know, all of them with Corey and they're kind of recapping the day and they're so happy about it, whatever. And Courtney says to Mason, you know, I'm going to have to start teaching you how to No, ask. Corey says. Sorry, not, sorry, not Courtney. Courtney. Corey says to Mason, he's like, I'm gonna have to start teaching you how to ask girls out to movies. And Courtney goes, Yeah, you know, he said to one of he said to one of Kendall's friends the other day. You know, I got a phone when I'm nine, and I want your number to be the first one in it. First of all, what a line! What right? a line! You don't think? Yeah, like I'm getting a phone in a year. I want that number. Who to taught be first, that, Scott? You think? But we and Julie, Julie looks at me. She's like, the friend is probably like fucking Gigi.
1: Yeah. Also, it's so funny. Like all, of, all of Kendall's friends, even if it isn't Gigi, is probably some sort of supermodel. you like saying. Like to.
0: it's yeah, but it's so funny. it's Like to her, it's just a friend. Meanwhile, it's literally, Bella Hadid. Like Mason just, like, is hitting on Bella Hadid at, at eight, and we're all. Does just- Mason
1: realize that he's hitting on like the top supermodels in the world? No, because that's just who they're surrounded by. It's so funny. I don't
0: think Kendall has not. He probably friends. like
1: does that little kid thing where like. You know when, like, older, prettier girls are, like, talking to little kids and, like, make them think that, like, oh, yeah, I'll be your girlfriend. And, like, you know
0: what I mean? Like, yeah, just to, like, yeah. fuck
1: with them. Mason's probably, like, in school, like, G.G.O.D. is my girlfriend. Yeah,
0: it's so that, that is so funny. And it's and so— And they
1: probably think it's so cute. They're like, oh, little Mason, and he's, like— He's, like, dead serious? Yeah, he's like, yeah, so I can get your number <laughs> when I get a phone? <laughs> what a lie. He's not even allowed to have a phone yet. <laughs> but he's already planning for when he can. He's going to look back on that. That's how smooth Rob used to be, by the way
0: Oh, God, don't don't talk to me about it, an old Rob. Sorry. 21-year-old Rob Kardashian. No, 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 no. There's nothing, nothing like it. There's nothing. Not Seriously, he – I told you that when Thomas and I were dating, he was my – for a little while there, he was my hall pass. Crazy. Can't you understand that, though? With the shaved head and the earring. I don't even Lord, like earrings. Oh my God, of course I can understand it. I don't, I typically am not even into earrings and Rob Kardashian with an earring did it for me.
1: Yeah, but it was also the early 2000s. You, the earrings were the thing. It was, I've,
0: I've made this comparison before and it's true, it was a Ryan Shuckler vibes. Yeah, Ryan Shuckler was. Ryan Shuckler vibes. I, please tell me people I'll get that reference. I think people watch yeah, that show, right? Definitely, definitely. Okay, moving on to the next scene. So, you know, as we know, the storyline of Kim becoming a lawyer and, and her starting to really understand and I think almost internalize the time commitment that she has just signed up for and how it's really getting to her. So they're sitting, her and Connie are sitting on this couch talking about it. First of all, this couch, I mean, do we want to talk about it or? I have to sit on it. I have to sit on it before I die. First of all, it is giant. Like easily could sleep 30 people, I think. Oh my God.
1: It It looks like in The bed that Kanye did the famous music
0: video on where everyone's just sprawled out sleeping together, it could have been that couch. It looks like a shot at love with Tila Tequila when they had a giant bed that 35 people slept in. That is what their couch looks Except like. that one was round, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course I remember. But that's what it is. Anyway, so they're sitting there and they're kind of talking about it. And, and Kim is just saying that she's genuinely stressed about her timing. And, and what, Kanye was being really sweet and kind of assuring her. And what he said, he said, you know— it's incredible that you were able to find these mentors. He was like, that means the universe really wants this to happen. It's like it's you hear your that dad. in the
1: universe. Oh, it wants he, it to
0: happen. When Kanye said that, I was like, I'm so glad that you see the light. You know, that Kanye is such a universal believer. Kanye is like the most universal. Like, Kanye made it cool before you decided to start talking about it, by the way. <laughs> no, it, but it, it really is true. And I think Kim appreciates, and she said, you know, she really appreciates him being so supportive always.
1: I feel like when you're Kanye West, it, it makes sense to believe in the universe. Like, yeah. oh my God. Like, first of all, it makes sense that you're Emma Diamond. Like, that's one thing. <laughs> but to be Kanye West, that's the universe. The fact that you believe in the universe is stupid because, like, you're not Kanye. <laughs> I hate like, everything that's happened in your life is, like, super explainable without the universe. Everything <laughs> that's happened in Kanye's life is obviously not explainable without some sort of universal powers. I don't know.
0: I I know know. you don't know. I I know you obviously disagree with what I'm saying. I totally disagree, but I'll let you have your moment. Um, But it's funny because Kim, you know, Kanye's like, yeah, my wife's a lawyer now. You can get me out of some of my fucked up deals. And I'm thinking like, listen, Kim, I'm not saying you're not talented, but I think it's far easier to get Alice Johnson out of prison than it is to get Kanye out of his fucked up deals. I can just Kanye's deals are so bad. Have you seen them? I've seen some of them. And clearly, I mean, we've talked about this at length. A lot of times he operates out of emotion- rather than rational thought, his his words, not mine, and that has reflected itself poorly in various business decisions. I will just say that. From what we've read, again, I don't have any access to anything.
1: Yeah. That would be crazy if Kim got him out of his deals. That would be, like, an incredible plot line. That would be an amazing story. I bet Kanye is so excited. Like, to have... Kim be Kim Kardashian and also this, like, kick-ass lawyer. Like, I think everything he she does just levels up for
0: him. And he's like, oh, my God, my wife is literally the dopest. Did you see, I don't know if you guys saw this, so this morning she posted um, on her story, It was a, I, first of all, I love when she posts, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, and she posted a screenshot of her text from Kanye. He sent her a picture of, of their house, just, like, the view, and he writes, this is your life. Married with four kids, get people out of jail, cover a Vogue, go to church every week with your family, dreams come true. I love that. Did you notice he said four kids? Does yeah, that have other arrived? I don't
1: think it's arrived. I think it's it's close enough that you can start saying four kids. Yeah.
0: but I just think it's so nice. It's almost like a daily affirmation from your husband to kind of reassure you as to the beauty of your life. and that's that's really nice. Not here's one thing I'll say about Kanye. i'm I'm not saying it's the easiest thing to be married to him, but it's can be rare for anyone, men, women, whoever, to be able to express themselves so poetically and to be able to, not just love the other person, to be able to tell them. And I think Kanye does a really good job of not just admiring Kim, but making sure she knows it. Yes. You know? Yes,
1: yes, yes. And I think that he, you don't expect it from him and a lot of the time you see him, the way I feel about him is that sometimes I want him to give him a little more. Like I want him to be a little more emotional sometimes with like the way he deals with him because it's so Kanye to just give like that short one word answer. But in the times where he's just so sweet and so... Like supportive of her, not that he isn't always. It's just when he allows himself to really say it and really like express himself, he is so so sweet to her and like, it, yeah, I,
0: no, it's I, unparalleled. It is, I it is, it is. Um, moving on to you know, our I, I would say that aside from Scott and Chloe, my next favorite relationship in the family is Scott and Chris. They have just such a unique dynamic, right? <laughs> oh my god, I, I fucking love them. When they're
1: giving that confessional and it's the two of them and he keeps coughing. It's us. It was me and you, and I could not get over it. It
0: was, we were dying. So they're giving this confessional. They were doing a joint interview, and it was about Chloe's artwork. Again, kind of a pointless storyline, so I'm not going to get into the content. But, you know, Chris is trying to talk, and Scott just can't stop coughing. And That is us recording these podcasts. We, I'm not kidding. We must pause the episode 15 times for Julie to just out of, like, she does not cough once. We get into the studio, and she fucking can't stop. She has bronchitis. Like, Julie has onset bronchitis when you see a microphone.
1: It's because my throat gets so dry from all of this talking. You know? Yes. It's a hard life, Em.
0: It's hard. I, I like simply can But also,
1: I, like, the thing is, and the reason that it's—I feel for Scott in this scenario is because Chris was not so nice to him about his coughing, <laughs> which I obviously can relate to, because what the <laughs> fuck do you want me to do about the fact that I cough? Would you rather
0: just sit, me, sit here with like a tickle in my throat the whole episode uncomfortable? No, I guess— you know, listen, I, I think that, of course, we have deposit, and, and I would never want to subject our listeners to your coughing, so I'm fine with it. What I would just say is, if it was me, and I knew that I was doing a biweekly podcast, right, and I, and I really needed to have my voice, and I knew that coughing was an issue, maybe I would look more into some alternative approaches, maybe lozenges that could be taken as cough suppressants or something. Oh, you want me to just suck on
1: a lozenge while speaking on this? No. That'll be good. Remember those, that time we were getting reviews about m- mouth noises?
0: Yeah, no, Do you saying, want that to happen? I'm yeah. saying previously to the episode, maybe you know you plan ahead an hour ahead. I had one last night. Yes, okay, and that was 12 hours ago. But moving on, um, so it was just very funny to watch their dynamic, and we, I think, is that your favorite in the family? Oh my god, hands down, right? Hands down. Yeah. I think it saved Scott's life. I think so too. Actually, that's one of the notes that you wrote in this. I I, I truly believe that that relationship was the. Biggest thing to Scott. Every time I see them together, which I'm skipping, but ahead a little—you know, they end it with them doing this—they go to this art class, and there's a nude model, and it's really funny, like, them talking about it. And every time I see them doing some lighthearted activity together, that thought comes back to my mind, like, wow, this is what got Scott through it.
1: He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. I I truly, truly believe that. I think that that relationship—for Scott to lose two parents at the same time, if he didn't have somebody to step in and be like, okay— I'm taking over. Like, you're in the worst position of your life right now, and you can have me. If he didn't have that, it, it, he, this the situation in the Scott we see today would not be the same. There's not a
0: chance. I, I completely agree with you. It's so funny. They're at this art class, and there's, like, this very buff male model, and Scott's like, Chris, this is like you being at home. <laughs> <laughs> Chris and Dre. Hot couple. It was so funny. Scott, uh, Scott's like, you have a lovely penis on you. <laughs> yeah, got a nice penis on you, man. <laughs> Like, that's the kind of stuff that Mason's going to watch. like, And just see that that's how funny Scott is. Like, that's why Mason's getting this sense of humor. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, my God.
1: Think about how funny my kids are going to be. Yeah, no, it's so— Yeah, it's going to be out of control.
0: (laughs) It's so funny. I just want to take one minute to tell you guys about some of Dunkin's new breakfast options. So power up your day with the Dunkin' Power Breakfast Sandwich and the Egg White Dunkin' Bowl. They're filled with protein and delicious, better-for-you ingredients. Okay, so first, the Power Breakfast Sandwich, it has 24 grams of protein and 20 grams of whole grain. It's also loaded with egg whites, and they have spinach, peppers, onions, turkey sausage, cheese, and whole grains. So the egg white Dunkin' Bowl has the protein in the veggies you, you crave without the bread, so especially if you're looking for more of a low-carb option. It has egg whites, spinach, roasted potatoes, cheddar cheese, and caramelized onions. So delicious. That also has 14 grams of protein. These are really just, you know, delicious and easy way to add a boost of protein to your day. So delicious. You can grab your morning coffee and grab a really filling and healthy breakfast. Okay, now back to the show. We then see Kim going back to San Francisco for maybe the second or third time in the episode. And, you know, here's this law firm in, in San Francisco, which obviously is well known and well respected, but it's not like they have famous people in there every day. You know, they definitely are not having the Keeping Up with the Kardashians camera crew. So imagine being a lawyer at this firm, and next thing you know, North and Kanye walk in. Like, oh, it's crazy. I bet you Kim's apprenticeship turned this place upside down. Yeah. Imagine working there
1: and, and, just be like, okay. By the way, Kim Kardashian's gonna come in every day, like uh, once a week
0: for for classes. It'd it's, be like, what? It's a, biz- it's crazy. It really is. And the woman Jessica Jackson, I think, is her name. Has really become one of Kim's mentors. She has to work with him five hours a week of her eighteen hours, and and she really has been helping her. She's the one that actually found this way to be able to do it in the first place. She's very dedicated, and you can tell that. Yes, she really, she genuinely believes in Kim, and she wants to make it work. I feel like.
1: Yeah, and Jessica is part of Cut Fifty, which is the law firm, um, and she is one of the leading lawyers in the criminal reform like movement er, movement and and that area. And so, I think she just is so excited to have somebody who obviously has so much pull and so much power, and to be able to teach her and and
0: do this together I think is so exciting and rewarding for her, I'm sure. No, I completely agree. You know, in Kim's interview, she says the best way to change the system is to know the system, and that's really, really, really true. When I was at, what were you going to say? No, you go. No, when I was at Columbia, um, when I was doing the one year for my Master's in Social Work, I took a uh, criminal justice reform class, and we had different lawyers speak from, you know, uh, law firms similar to this who have basically devoted their careers to trying to rework this whole system. And that's what they all said. It's kind of like you have to know it like the back of your hand to be able to make any sort of real change. And I think that that is just—it's so true and it's so admirable that she's taking that stance. I don't know. I, I know we sound like broken records with this, but it, I really do just admire it so much. I think it's—I I think it's unbelievable.
1: So my question for you if Robert didn't take the OJ case, which obviously there's like so many things that you can say, like the Kardashians wouldn't exist, whatever, blah, blah, But on the simplest terms, if Robert didn't take the OJ case, which was the only criminal case that Robert did, he wasn't a criminal lawyer, do you think Kim would be this passionate about criminal
0: law? No. You don't think so? I genuinely don't. I think that she didn't even, she may not even realize how much that impacted her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Her interest level. What do you think? I'm not sure. I mean, I think that,
1: I think that she would have had the same interest in it, maybe not the same passion for it.
0: I, that's kind of what I was going to say. Maybe, you know, listen, it's, it's a very normal thing to be interested in true crime stuff and all that type of stuff, but to be able to take that next step, I think that there is a part of her that wants to almost like complete her dad's legacy.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know, it's really interesting because, you know, Robert on the OJ case, Robert hadn't practiced law in 20 years. So he came out and was... And it wasn't so much that he was OJ's defense. He was more like OJ's handler. Like, it was like him to be the liaison. But from Kim's perspective of her now getting involved in criminal law, that was the biggest case. That was the, like, in terms of criminal law, true crime, OJ OJ Simpson case is the Mecca. Like, it doesn't get bigger, more prolific than that. So I think... That she—yeah, I agree.
0: I think that maybe she would have still had an interest, but I think that this shaped all of this. Totally agree. And I think also it probably added an almost unspoken level of confidence. Like, yeah, I can do this. I'm Robert Kardashian's fucking daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think actually—you know, I think that in a lot of ways there's a lot of truth to that. That when you have a parent that you think think so highly of and then passes away— that, you know, and it can go, I'm speaking kind of personally, I have no idea how this for everyone, but I can imagine it happening to other people also, is that you feel this sense of, I'm their kid. Like, I can do it because they did it. And, and it really is this confidence that kind of guides you into maybe doing almost like a level of fearlessness that maybe you would not have had otherwise. I think that that's- I totally agree. For me, I see that happening and I could see it happening for her also. Um, okay, so the episode, you know, it again, nothing really crazy happened. It, it one of the conclusions is that Courtney decides to do the GQ shoot, obviously, because they let her. She's like, so they let me shoot it in LA? We like at each other, shocking,
1: but- shocking! <laughs> what a plot twist! Talk about an episode with a good plot. They fucking <laughs> let Courtney shoot where she wants. F- of course, the the whole thing from the beginning when she was like, yeah, I don't know, because they have this party that I'm going to need to go to, and it's Halloween. Oh. You can't get out of the party. I know. Cut me a
0: break. Yeah, there's just, please. There's just no way. Um, and they do her and Mason do joint costumes in Austin Powers. And she was like so happy again because she thinks it's one of her last ones. It was really cute. We love seeing all that stuff. And of course, we saw all those pictures when they went on, on Instagram. It was her and, and Steph Shep. Yeah, oh my God, of course and so we actually got to see this so that, that that was kind of the conclusion we you know like I said earlier we see Chris and, and Scott taking this art class and to me this episode just had such a good feel and it it hands down it was the episode of Mason Disick To me, that was the point of this. It was to show Courtney's kids, to show their interactions, their humility, and really to show that Mason is evolving in front of our eyes into a little gentleman. You know when you have a TV show and that one character gets their big
1: moment, like they've always been like a secondary character and then all of a sudden they like rise? That was this for Mason. This was it for Mason. Absolutely. There's no going back now. No, he's in it now. I mean, I hope that we just continue to see more. I want to see everything. I want them to stop filming everyone else and I just want to see
0: Mason interact with his friends. Me too. And and like anyone, I want to see Mason interact with like the street crossing guard. You know what I mean? Like I just want to hear the way he yeah, talks because to he's people. probably so sweet to him and so polite. I think he has such good manners. Like he, he uh, cared. Yeah, he knew to put a napkin on Rain's lap. He genuinely cared that Maine had that Rain had good manners, and he also wanted to make the point to be so grateful. Like mom. We should toast to that. Like, where, did you, said, learn where that? did you learn that? Where did you learn that? Oh my god, I just loved it. It was amazing. Um, also, so the episode concludes. Whatever we're having the time of our lives, just recapping and writing the outline. And then, I was watching on um, Insta story. <laughs> I was watching on Insta stories. I don't even remember who it was. It wasn't someone famous. And they were at a bat mitzvah. And the theme. Let's say the girl's name was like Wendy. No, please let me tell this story. Okay, you tell. Please, it. Tell you're it. gonna
1: ruin it. Tell We're it.
0: sitting on the couch, and I was
1: flipping through things, and she she shows me her insta this Insta story, and she goes, "Oh my God, look, William World! This person did a Story World themed Bar Mitzvah." I was like. No, they did an Astro World themed bar mitzvah. And she was like, oh my God, I literally forgot that Stormy World wasn't like the thing that Astro World was based on. It was the, f- she's dead serious. She's like, oh my God, I cannot believe this. They did a Stormy World themed bar mitzvah. What an amazing idea. And I was like, are you literally kidding
0: me? She was like, you know, Stormy World was Astro World themed. I was like, Wait a second? Like, I completely forgot that Storming World wasn't the most iconic thing to ever happen. And like, why wouldn't Abar Meso be copying it? Like, I it didn't even cross my mind. That's how that's how iconic I was to me. Oh my god, that was the funniest thing at that point. Literally we, ever. Which we we don't watch these episodes high because we really want to be able to like take it all in. So we take an edible, we try to time it perfectly so that it's maybe like 15 minutes before the end of the episode ends. <laughs> my edible definitely must have hit. I think it hit at that exact point. If exact you're going to use that for an excuse for Not why. Not for an excuse. I still think Stormy World is equally as iconic and I'm fully sober now. I'm just saying, I think that that definitely am as kids,
1: Batman's, but it's going to be Stormy World. Literally too.
0: Stormy World, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is all for today. We kind of just wanted to go through it again. We got so many inboxes about Mason and uh, we wanted to talk about it with you guys. So we will see you tomorrow for our regular episode. And then we'll see you again next week for our Kardashian one. And remember, if you feel so inclined to leave any sort of review, that would be greatly appreciated. Okay, we love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.